All right, people. We are in the seventh episode of MC Anime. And I'm MC Anime, and we also have special guests you want to introduce. Uh, hello, guys. I'm Ruanua Kami, or for short, you may address me by Kemi. How are you guys doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. So we have an interesting topic to discuss. Um, you want to introduce it? Um, I think it would be best if you can, uh... Okay. So, what we have today is Anime Utopias. Within Anime Utopia, we have, we're using four different anime as a case study to exemplify what Utopia could be, what it is by definition, and what could it symbolize in relation to the idea of a perfect society. So, Kimmy, when you think of a perfect society, what do you envision? Um, like, you know, a peaceful world or like, um, you know, like no, no wars and stuff. Just anything like but peace, you know? True. And that is fair assessment to do in the everything going on. Um, it was coined as a perfect world. Or something of peace of relating in that nature. So you get the first definition of an imaginary place. Uh, no place, the idea of the perfect society to have a point of comparison for the flawed connections in the Europe at the time. Imaginary perfect place, a perfect place. Basically, it's, it's what utopia is. What do you think? Um, It's just kind of like... Brings up, a, like, a perfect society, yeah? Because nothing's perfect. But in the scheme of things, it's the... You can use it as different ways how you anime utopia forms in the in the world around it. Um, yeah, like, the crime has been eliminated and everyone's happy. It's kind of like, like... It's like the very definition of perfect. Um, maybe it's what you would assume what would happen if we ever achieved peace on Earth. But what is a utopia really, Mick? Could you really explain? Utopia is something... Oh, the imaginary community produces highly desirable, nearly perfect qualities for the citizen. It's based off the, uh, the book when he was using it for Atlantis. Peaceful, outgoing society where there's no really conflict. There's always peace. It's... It's an is an idealistic term to say that the, there is no problem in the world. Therefore, we have a perfect solution to what utopia is. It's a vision. And do you think that exists within society itself? Um, it's possible. Yeah, maybe there is a, a universe that we live in that that's it. It's it's quite possible. Yeah. Okay. Now the anime that we are using to explain or not even really explain utopia, but to use utopia as an analytical process are um, we have Psychopaths and Wolverine. And then we also have two more. Uh, we have Area the Animation, and then we also using Evno Gcon. So we're using these as examples for it creates peace in the in the world around them. So let's start with Area the Animation. Because it's very important that we have background. Alright, so we have the Neo Venecia, a city where the planned author 
Formerly known as Mars, 24th century humans have found a way to colonize the previously uninhabited planet. As the futuristic as it is, Neovincia is now teeming with rustic beauty, gondas on wide canals and waterways, made mode of transportation. The city itself, the faithfully production of man homes, the plan, the planet formerly known as Earth, Venus. So what do you think about that example? Um, so like they're involving planets and stuff. Like I feel like maybe mm-hmm. they have creatures that have that have like planetary levels, like moon level, for example. Like Naruto <laughs> has that type of power. Um and like I I think it's pretty amazing that, that they included planets and in like uh, yeah. the society. Um I don't know, I thought it was pretty interesting. It also gives on the fact that, or well, it gives the hope that humanity can live outside of the Earth in that realm. What do you think of this? Teeming with rustic beauty, gondolas on wide canals and waterways is the main source, the main mode of transportation. What, what do you envision of Neo Venzia? These water boats to travel, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do make excellent plot points and world building, and they both have like appeared a number of times in the anime. Um, but what do you think where the ideas come from? Well, a gondola are these uh, boats that are usually paddled along the canal, and they can fit about in, they're like they're larger than a road boat, but they have an excellent design on the arches and how it's made going down the river. It's like an easier form of transportation. It's not like steamboat or anything, but it's more like going slowly and seeing the beauty of the canal on itself. It also symbolizes the the coexistence in which the beauty is trying to make itself known. You know? Yeah. And we also have... um you know, make sure the residents and the tourists alike get the most of the Neovena's many wonders. Companies often guided tours, one of which was named the Aria Company. Uh, this is the workplace of Akari Mikoshiri, a free-spirited teenager from Mana Manhome, who is now a novice undine. It's usually given to tour guides. She becomes intentionally acquainted with other undying tourists, the the residents, and even learning many valuable life lessons along the ways. So, by her working in the Aria company, what do you envision that the the setting will create for the main character? What I saw, it doesn't it like take place in the map of Sir Thomas's more utopia, or is that a different topic? It's it's a case study in which it's a utopia by definition and it exists as a utopia. There is no conflicting notions of it being like that perfect utopia in the, in the scenes. It's literally straight portrayed as a utopia. Mm. We, we, you know, we had the fantasy, sci-fi, and spice of life uh, depictions in it. So what do you think of that? I mean, um, as futuristic as that sounds, the Neo Visanesia, I think it's called, 
it's kind of yeah. like with the with the rustic beauty, the gondolas on the wide canals and the waterways are the main mode of transportation, and like mm-hmm. the city itself is like it's like a faithful application of the man homes and the planetary the planet formerly known as yeah. Earth, Venice. Like that's what I like about it, really. Yes. Oh. It has a lot of symbolism and also gives us a sense of world building on the perspective that this is a utopia and there's not really a problem with the utopia, there's coexistence. Everyone is using the beauty and the gondolas as a way to interact with not the universe, but also the area company as well. You know, when we have her, we have grandma who has retired, the ideals, the friendly atmosphere remains, small business with two undines, unemployed. It's one of the top three water fairies of Neo Venzia. One is Alicia Florence, and the other is Akari, who is a single. Uh, most Udians are originally from Aqua. Akari is from the man home. So let's put this in perspective. The main character is from Man Dome, which is quote-unquote Earth. So how do you think that portrays in the storyline to be significant? Hmm. He's not from Aqua, which is the established lineage for these tour guides to be from, but she's from Earth itself. We're still talking about the Aria animation, right? Yes. She's from Manhome, which is uh, another name for the Earth. So she's not from the Aqua, but she's a tour guide for the Aria company. Hmm. Well, Mizuzanashi is the main character, and like, uh, yeah, Mizuzanashi. Uh, yeah, Mizunashi. Yeah, Akari is from Manhome. It creates a sense of fellowship back to Earth. She is an exception to being from not being from Aqua. And through this process, she's like a pioneer for to be a tour guy in this sense, you know? Um, from what I looked at the characters and voice actors, um, out of mm-hmm. all the most likes, I see that Saito Chiwa, the voice mm-hmm. actress, like she has the most out of all of them. I wonder why is that? Yeah. And for people that don't know, uh, Aqua is a place that was originally Mars, which was renamed after being terraformed into a habitable planet covenant oceans 150 years beforehand after the ice two ice caps melt became a water planet. So this takes us back to Mars actually having water on the planet at one point. Mm, I see. That's how it's the utopia. It's bringing into of uh, the once inhabited water planet Mars, not not the one that we have in our current society, which is you know not as inhabitable, but they made it inhabitable. Mm. So with the hope that Mars brings to society. As a, as a turning point to go away from Earth and colonize in another spot in the in Milky Way, what do you think that brings? Um, a utopia? 
it brings a utopia, but what does moving away from home to a better place gives you? What what, what emotions? Um. Oh, sadness, right? Like you're moving, you're going. Yeah, yeah. that's sad. Yeah, right. it can be <laughs> But you know, it also helps. It's it's it reminds me of the American dream. You come to America to get the help for a better life. It might not be the, like what you expect. But there is like personal liberties at which you can utilize when you come being a citizen in America. That's what Mars is to me. It's like an America, but instead of, you know, the hope for the better life, it's Mars being the hope and the vessel for an entirely new generation. What do you think? Um, I think it's pretty cool. As I said before, they're adding planets and stuff. I thought it was cool. You know, Aqua also ha- ha- takes 687 days to orbit on the sun, twice as long as the man home, which is Earth. It's, we have 24 months and seasons. Man-made stations float in the sky to maintain a better atmosphere. Underground stations provide artificial gravity, illuminated by the two moons of Aqua. One of which is very close and dominates the night sky. Twenty-four months. Just imagine that. Yeah, that's kind of insane. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're living two approximately double the year on Earth, and they're still having access to all the beauty and the phenomena in which Aqua or Mars brings to the society. And for anyone that doesn't know, this is a the splice of life genre is very down to earth, very chill. So you can literally immerse yourself into the story and get lost in the scenery around the animation style, the the peaceful life in which is embarking in the utopia atmosphere. Do you like Spice of Life? Oh, I haven't looked into that one. Spice of Life? Mm, no, I haven't looked into it. Oh, well, Splice of Life is really just like relaxed settings. It's uh, melodramatic. It's you are investing yourself into the story in just basically simple terms. <laughs> I see. And also Splice of uh, Life, what we have is a simple, it's a genre in which it's a storytelling technique that presents similarly a Troy sample of a character's life, which lacks a coherent plot, conflict, or ending. It's literally the most simple you can get that's arbitrary. So if you were a splice of life, what would your life look like? A spice of life? Yeah, you have no plot, no conflict, no ending. Um, I guess never ending. That would just mm, uh, sooner or later it would get boring. I don't know. That's just what, my thought. What to say this? A splice of life. Looking at Kimmy's life would probably be. Um, I imagine you being not only. I'm Kimmy. I want to do good work, but yeah. you're in the working atmosphere at Sunglasses Hut, and it's like. Hi, world. I'm a ordinary Kimmy. 
I like the ordinary stuff in life. What do you think? Mm, cringe. Why? You don't like that? I mean, because uh, I don't even work there anymore. <laughs> it's crazy that you bring that up. Oh. Well, it's just an example of what spice of life could be. If a spice of life was depicted about my life, it's like, okay, he's going about his business, making a podcast, going to college, has going for those aspirations to go for the degree, maybe mass communications. Who knows? That's what type of story it is. It follows your life. And you it's just the endless cycle of happiness and ordinary life that is just what it is, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And ordinary Kimmy, I don't know. What does ordinary Kimmy look like? I mean by look like. Hmm? I don't know. What does your ordinary life look like? Oh, for me, uh, well, I'm still in high school. As you can see, it's senior year. I got seven months mm-hmm. to finish. Um, and I plan to be a real estate agent and do trade school for like a month or two or two years, probably. Um, yeah, Kimmy's going to be one of those people that will sell your house and say, sorry, we sold your house. You have nothing left, so you have to go move away. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you be a very... You're very, your slice of life is pretty boring compared to mine. Mine would be a little bit better because I'm the one making the podcasts and being the anime nerd I am. Yeah, what do I you think? I guess you're more creative than me. I don't know. Oh. Well, I'm not. I'm, hey, podcast it is. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. So with Spice of Life, we transition to... You know, special life, perfect life, everything ordinary. What happens when it's not ordinary? When um, everything is depicted by, you can't even c- commit the, the crime you want or have an emotional coefficient that interact, that makes society worse. Yeah. This is psychopaths. The <laughs> next transitional anime, which we talking about yeah so psychic pass what do you take from it as an the concept of anime utopia um what's their concept of a utopia yes and that's for um wolf's reign or what anime is it uh psychopaths oh psychopaths um yeah so for theirs so they have they have like a like an um they have justice they have justice and enforcement of it, um, mm. like in the second century the the Jap- the Japanese enforces the the civil system, and objective mm-hmm. means meaning the threat level of each citizen by examining their mental state of signs or like criminal intents known as their psychopaths, and like yep. inspectors uphold the law by subject subjugating often with lethal force and anyone harboring with the slightest ill will alongside them are enforcers, jaded inspectors that have become latent criminals and granted relative freedom in exchange for carrying out the inspector's dirty work. Um, uh, that's just, I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's very interesting in the sense that the system that looks like great, the you are literally you are literally guilty before you do anything. That's what it really comes down to. 
Pretty much. You have to live your life according to not only crime, uh, the coefficient level being low enough that you're safe for society, but if you, at any moment, if you experience grief, sadness, melancholy, anger, you are now risking punishment by the, the, you know, the system, by the enforcers and the dominators in which they use to measure your crime coefficient. Yeah. And anyone that doesn't know what the civilized system is, it's, it's a system in which artificial intelligence is integrated to find other people's basically emotional state. How emotional, you know, if you, are you happy and content, you know, Though, but there is a particular case study in emotional state leading, leading as being unsafe. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. When you're distressed, you could be a potential danger to society in a small scale. I don't. So if you're going down the road and you just got fired from your work and your home was taken from you too. So everything going bad, and then your emotional state is getting worse, and you're spiraling down. Then all of a sudden you're caught on the you you have an enforcer measuring your coefficient, and you become low risk to medium risk, and maybe even high risk. What do you think is the implication of that? It's I mean. It wouldn't be a problem for them because don't they work alongside with the veteran enforcer Shinya Kiyogami? And then mm-hmm. they they soon learn that the civil system judgments are not as perfect as their fellow inspectors assume. Well, yeah, uh, in the system. So a dominator is uh, characteristic identity seen as in psychopaths. Automatic transformation, voiceover, sound effects, authentic, and everything. It indicates you what you feel at the time and the level. It's the total psychological diagnose and suppression system. It's uh, it's enlisted in the enforcement officers of the Public Safety Bureau, able to determine the identity of their holder regarding identification and wireless connection to the SIBI system in order to operate within each individual, only heard by the individual in which it's registered. So you have to get your, uh, like, unique signature registered in the system for people to know who you are and all that stuff. So we also have Japan isolated from the world and the semi system where other countries don't use it and have a higher crime rate. White explain how that could be indicated within the semi system with a lower crime rate. Uh, that means that Japan is like, you know, has like, is it one of the safest places in the world? Well, yeah, because they are literally finding those who are guilty before they do anything. Yeah. So it's like a, it, they're acting on, on the thought of precaution and preventive nature. They prevent it before it happens. Now, anyone that, you, when you use the dominator, you aim at the target. It intentionally reads and sends psychological data. The individual's psychopath sends it to the signal system 
for calculation of crime coefficient when the value exceeds a certain level, one indicating that the target is mentally unstable and likely to commit a violent crime, the gun will be operatable. If the level does not exceed such levels, will not open and a safety device will be activated to prevent the user from pulling the gun's trigger. The gun is unable to work when it's not linked wirelessly to the semi-system in most cases. We have four modes, non-lethal, lethal eliminator, destroy decomposer. So do you remember watching the show and then they pull off the different levels and which the crime coefficient is? I believe so. So non-lethal paralyzer, what do you think of? Uh, paralyzer? Yeah. This enforcement mode is and calmly and subdued the target. So if you're under mental distress, they non-lethally paralyze your body physically. They literally paralyze you. It's like a stun gun, but a stun gun that, like, immobilizes you. Yeah. It's really weird. And then we have lethal eliminator and eliminate the target. The dominator charges at the anti-personnel lethal mode Undergoes a lapid change with sliding, routing into what is called, it only takes seconds. Can shoot a huge burst of energy, which can, upon contact, affects all organic and organic matter. Everything is impacted, is annihilated. So, for instance, they pull this mode on you, lethal eliminator. It's able, if you have a, like, a gun in your hand, they shoot it, and your arm could be gone. That's how it, it operates. Yeah. It's kind of scary. And then, you know, the destroy decomposer, the target would be completely annihilated. Please proceed with maximum caution. Right. So this can take out such as large vehicles or drones. Transportation of the weapon is more extensive. The setting provides the use of a small hand cannon, six, three to six feet, Arm targets, armored targets like drones and possibly create entry points into buildings. Organic material, no, no trace behind. So this can literally make the substance or target disappear at will. Hmm. And in extreme caution, it's usually not used in most situations because it doesn't reach that threat level associate with it you know yeah so do you see the problems of a neo-utopic society where fear or preventive nature is a problem yeah i could see it as a problem how would it transpire do you think uh pretty badly <laughs> i can imagine well yeah you live in society at will but a very interesting thing that we see, we have like a less, uh, we have a a duo, and in the duo, one gets to be still in the, involved in the story, but it's not in the, he's not an expector anymore. As a result, he falls into what is a Latin criminal, but works with the uh, Bureau of Investigation. And then the uh, apprentice under him takes his role as the lieutenant. 
So that the uh, relationship that they have eventually transpires later. But we see how he becomes a Latin criminal through the uh, like police work monitoring of the the bureau and how it affects. You have to like have a strong will in order to keep going with that because police work is tough. You know, imagine if you are, you always see the worst of humanity, and you always see the criminals doing the actions that are considered immoral and unjustifiable. How will you feel in that situation? Uh, scared. You feel scared even though it's your job to, to find these criminals and put them, put them away? Uh, actually, yeah, that's true. If you signed it, that's on you then. Yeah, you're right. Eventually, I think you will feel what we call workers' stress. The environment in which you work over time affects you as a person, especially in police work, where you constantly see the bad of people and not the good. And sometimes they're good, but you you see more the bad, and by justifiable means, your mind is now clouded with what you see in your ever domestic criminal prevention life, you know? Which brings into question, if the society is nearly perfect but has its flaws, how about a society that doesn't have that perfect, but they're trying to achieve it? Like, for example, in Wolf's Reign. So in Wolf's Reign, what is the setting that we were introduced in? Um, so it, they exist in an ancient legend. When the world ends, the gateway paradise will open. And this utopia is soul of salvation for the remains of the life in barren land. But the legend also dictates that only wolves can find their way to this mythical realm. Though long thought to be extinct, the wolves still exist. They live amongst humans, disguising themselves through the elaborate illusions, which to my opinion, I think is pretty cool. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So the Wolf's Wayne is trying to find what is known as the Paradise. The Paradise, we, we, only the wolves can follow the Paradise through the lunar flowers. So through this process, we see them trying to find what is the hope to bring into the post-apoptic world that they are in. Yeah. So this brings in the question of because both the main the, the main antagonists and protagonists of the story, they're all trying to find the lunar flowers. And in doing so, what do you think the lunar flowers represent in the end? Uh happiness. Okay. Can it also be enlightenment for what it, it like the hope for betterment of yourself anyone that doesn't know what the lunar flower is white petals they grow during the night the dark pink color firmly bloomed with the inner ones remain white and full a large stamen protrudes from the center further yellow stem 
white filaments at the very end, the stem and leaves of flower are emerald green. What do you get from that depiction of the lunar flower? Um, I really wouldn't know how to describe it other than, like, you know, um, I guess peace. Peace, okay. Emerald green, that's a very specific color associated with it. When you think of emerald, what comes to mind? Emerald green. Emerald green? Yes. The the Think of the gym. Emerald. Mm, or like, a bright green. Like heroic? Okay, heroic. You also... You know what emerald is, right? Like a ruby, diamond, all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it kind of reminds me of yeah. Zelda, you know? So that's why I kind of think it's heroic. Well, you know, I mean... Oh, heroic of Zelda. That's a very interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. When I think of emerald, I think of Pokemon emerald. <laughs> or that, too. Yeah, that can work. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, emerald is very synonymous with a rich green... That's also very valuable. It's very, you know, it's desirable as well. You want to have it. You make it's a prize of obsession. So with the lunar flower, it's a prize to behold, and only the wolves doing can actually find it and utilize the journey to find the paradise. Yeah, and another synonymic. Uh, Naming of the flower, lunar flower. How does lunar fl- uh, the lunar and wolves come to mind when you think about it? Like uh, the ideal world, and the, mm-hmm. the the wolves set off on a journey to like uh, to across the desolate landscapes and crumbling cities to find their legendary promised land. Exactly, and also with lunar, we have the bright white petals. Similar to the color of the moon. Blooms only at night, most brilliantly if the moon is full. So a full moon associated with wolves is usually howling in the distance. And another little bit stand tangent is werewolf. They transform in the night of the full moon. So the full moon is synonymous with wolves and wolves in the distance howling. The dead of night. That's how wolves operate. So, if we had the moon and the lunar flowers and the wolves and the wolves reign, what is the end result that they achieve in the end? Um, they achieve peace. Mm-hmm. And a utopia. That's what that's this whole topic is about. Is a utopia. Now, what's you know. Well, what does that paradise look like? Do you know? Um, no, I wouldn't know. All right, so we're just going to be on paradise for briefly. It's a mysterious place, shrouded in anonymity. Features a beautiful with lush meadows, crystal clear lakes, tall trees, slow top mountains in the fields of lunar flowers. Get into the paradise. Both struggle with a sense of longing they can't quite explain but ignore. Existing in tandem with the real world, its very in nature is detailed the Book of Moon, claims that mankind is sent from wolves. 
religious texts interpret as both a fairy tale and states that it can only be opened by the rules. Yeah. So the rules are the answer to find this place that is tall lakes, crisp, you know, meadows, and really a really idealistic version of nature itself. Do you like the nature aspect, or do you like more of finding the adventure to go get find it? Adventure to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're a sucker for the adventure story, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're the type that will say, I want to find the One Piece. Let's go on a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, man. You read, I'm reading you like a book. What you going to, how you read me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. So, you know, as a result of the different elements and to achieve the paradise in the end, they, you know, they might find it. They go on the journey to discover it. It's mostly like the mystery behind it that makes it more compelling as a story mechanism. And keep in mind, when an anime utopia is mentioned, it's usually the hope for a better life or at least to find it, you know? Yes. So the paradigm is literally the hope of the utopian idea that it will be perfect and coexist with it in tandem. Just like how paradise at one point was in legend tandem with coexistence of the world itself, but now it's a mystery and how to find it and how to achieve it. So do you think uh, anime would ever... Do you think anime creates a storytelling as a way to establish the world building? Um, I guess. Um, I really wouldn't know how to explain it. Maybe you could possibly explain how it works. Well, it looks in tandem and the helps of the perfect society, the idealistic world where everything is peaceful or no conflict at all, and world building, it's a it's a it's an intrigue of mystery, and as a result, the intrigue to create it makes in itself world building established through the idea of utopia. Mm. Utopia is like this perfect society. So if you had the perfect society, it often reflects that in the storytelling. Yeah. You know, it's just like the Hunger Games. They try to play a utopia based on the capital, but there's the lower districts that often find problems because it's not a utopia. That's why dystopia is very highly influenced as a genre itself. It's the countermeasures of society after a utopia is trying to form, but it's on the background of it, you know? Yeah. So this brings in the question. If everything's so perfect in an anime utopia, why does it often lead to dystopia? The opposite of utopia. Not the ideal world, but very problematic. I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, when there's nothing perfect. So Utopia is designed to fail because it's not in, it's not the perfect society always portrayed. That's how the Spokia tells the story. You know, for example, we have psychopaths. When you think of psychopaths, you think of Utopia, but it's not as the Utopia it should be, you know? Mm-hmm. So do you think that Adespokia is good to tell? Or do you think it's lazy storyline? I think it's lazy, lazy storyline. How so? I thought the way they uh, you know, made it. Mm-hmm. If you take something like the Hunger Games, for example, do you like the story of the Hunger Games or do you feel like it's lackluster? I wouldn't know. I mean, okay. So the Spokia is lazy story writing for it creates the utopian aspect to be debunked and gives what a tr- what there is no utopia. So you think of the despair and no hope. Well, with that as Spokia, society is portrayed as there's always the perfect government or the mirage of the perfect society. But then when you look back, you have, you revere the mirage, the facade that the society is portraying, and you find the problems within it. So it's an interesting story mechanism for, it reveals everything bad with the system. So you, rise up to go against that system that is not as utopian as de- as depicted. So from the discussion, what do you take from it? From anime utopia to what we begin to talk about tonight? Uh, well, I, I mean, it was a really interesting topic. Um, I want to say most, most interesting out of all the ones we talked about in the past, but this one mm-hmm. seems really intriguing as well. Um, I'm looking forward to speaking to it in like future podcasts. It seems pretty cool. So if Utopia is this perfect world that everyone wants to strive for, what is that version of? Because there's different depictions of Utopia. And through the depictions of the Utopia, we truly have, can the Utopia be achieved in the perfect world? landscape can we create can we end world hunger can we have peace that goes beyond the norm and there's no conflict at all can we as a can we unite all the people at once in the universe to have no sin imagine a society with no sin no crime, nothing. Mm. I see. Everyone's nice to each other. Everyone is basically, everyone's like acting the same. Do you know why so much, why so many villains try to create a utopia but can never achieve it? Well, and, and the villains, along the way, they become obsessed with this idea of the utopia. 
And when they try to create the utopia, their vision still aligns with it. But in doing so, in creating the utopia, the main protagonist usually follows the plans because it's commonplace to say if you take everyone's individual agency away, that's not a utopia. That is a you controlling the world. You should not have the say-so or the authority to control the world in your own vision. It's not fair to the world that your vision of the world is the only vision to happen. Hmm. Yeah, but you see that a, you see that very a lot, right? Yeah. Let's take, for example, um, uh, FMA, Full Metal Alchemist. What we see the big uh, the big antagonist. He's trying to create a world where society as a whole is not good. The homunculi, for example, are created in tandem with the idea that it took so many sacrifices to make a person with that can live centuries old. And they wanted to we jumpstart the idea into everyone's agencies left. They have no free will. So what do you envision a world being with no free will? Envisioning no free will, like, I guess, slavery? Okay, that's, that's an example of it. Um, no free will is everyone, it's a robotic society. Basically, you do not distinguish yourself from others, and you think alike. You think alike of others. You don't think differently. Free will is the concept in which we choose what we want to do and how we live. So this is how this is one storytelling aspect of utopia. It's usually the villains try to create the utopia. The main protagonist saying. You do not have the right to cast your vision upon the world in which you're basically giving the world no choice to accept whatever your control is. You're dominating the world. Well, we explored into anime utopias through the lens of area, the animation, psychopaths, and wolf's reign. These are just some examples of anime utopias. Anime utopias, there are so many versions of the same idea or the same concept. The phenomenon is very universal in the fact that it lines itself in the story and creates a sense of conflict or a perfect vision to achieve upon the world. This is MC Anime signing off. And Kimmy as well. What, any, do you have anything else to say, Kimmy? Um, well, I just want to thank you for having me here today. And okay. I hope you guys have a good day or night, depending on your guys' time zones. And I'll see you guys soon. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Episode 7 is underway. We hope to see you again. We'll be in future episodes. and. Continue how we have 
the podcast itself. I want to thank for the audience who participates and is a loyal fan base. Enjoy. <laughs>